don't know. I have this theory that like when like most people when they get into bodybuilding and fitness, when you, it just like even if you say you don't want to get too muscular, the further into it you get, you just starting you start getting more and more muscular and more and more ripped. Yeah, I think that that absolutely happens. And well, yeah, I think it's because it's a, it's a game of just trying to keep up. You know, right. it's just it's a tough it's a tough business, uh, and it's tough to just come out on top because most people that are in it aren't making a lot of money. So you got to stand out some way. And then some people stand out just by trying to get absolutely enormous. And then, right. I don't know, like how big can you get? Like that would, my body wouldn't support that. You know what I mean? I would no, hundred percent. But, but you, but you had a transition. So sim similarly to what Zach was talking about, I mean, there was a phase where you were training and you felt like you were putting on a lot of muscle, correct? I mean, your, your, your training did change at, at one point. Can you talk about that phase and talk about that pivot that you made? When I first started working out, it was all about just wanting to see, like, even a tricep muscle, you know, which is trying to lift heavy and put it on. Um, and I did, I, 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 had, I mean, it's hard to believe when you see my butt back then and my legs. Like, I had a huge butt and huge thighs. I mean, I was like a size 29 jean, which is pretty big. I mean, um, but that my training it kind of has evolved over the years, but a lot of it's because when I was traveling on the road with WWE, I never had the energy to do the type of like hit training that I do now. Um, and I've just kind of gotten smaller and leaner from doing, I, I mix it up. I do heavy lifting and I mix it in with hit workout, my when, own type of hit. When did you decide that you wanted to pursue um, a, a career in, in the fitness space? Like was, was it something that you were mulling over for a long time? And, you know, how much effort did it take to, to build it? Well, you know, I've always had this love for fitness. And when I, you know, I was anorexic and bulimic in high school and into college, I started gaining weight. And then uh, really what got me out of that whole eating disorder yuckiness was admiring these women in the fitness magazines like Monica Brand, Amy Fadley. I would put their pictures up on my wall and on my refrigerator and I would copy their diets that they would put in the magazines and their workouts and I just really wanted to look like them. And then that kind of transitioned into me being like, you know what, I'm just going to set a goal for myself. So I like, I said, there's nothing like, you know, just signing up for a fitness competition nine months away to force you, you know, to go for it. And then my, I, my love for it never really died, but you know, I, I think I burned myself out a little bit and then I got into wrestling and I still train a lot. I've always loved that. But I've always had this, you know, kind of burning desire to to help people because I feel like there's so much about it that's mental. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure you guys see the guy that um, has never lifted in his life and all of a sudden he starts lifting. You can just see him walking taller and, mm -hmm. you know, feeling more confident. And to me, that's more what it's about than anything else. Right. It starts yeah. there. It's also I, a mood booster for, for me and I know a lot of other people. Uh, but my wife had taken some time off and yesterday she trained for the first time in a while and was just like noticeably in a better mood. Tori's in there pressing and she's in there deadlifting and she's in there doing things that foundationally make her really strong. And she, and you know, by now how to blend it and, and what to mix in and out. And it's, it's as much for you as a, um, as a feeling of continuing to feel like an athlete. That's very important for you rather than just looking a certain, certain way. Correct. 100%. Yeah. And I think that the, I mean, the lifting heavy is so important. And I really try to stress that to the women over 40, because, you know, a lot of women in general just think, as you guys know, that you're going to get like bulky and manly. 
looking. And um, I, to me, that's like the fountain of youth. But I think there's a fine balance and everybody has a different body. And, you know, for me anyways, I know when I'm lifting heavy all the time, I, I do start getting, I, I don't feel as feminine. So I have to mix it in with other type of workouts too. And if, you know, if I'm feeling like I'm just way too jacked, way too jacked, hmm. then I just need more cardio. <laughs> we talked about this recently, Donna, like yesterday about, yeah. about, you know, uh, people often don't even eat enough. Like they're, they're so focused on like trying to eat, you know, clean and healthy that they're just not even eating enough. So they're really undercutting the things that they, they, they want to do by not, you know, I don't know. It's, it's no, no, no. I get what you're eating. Like go through a typical day. I completely agree. Um, I'm not super stringent. I have yeah. like, I'll be honest. I, I crave sugar in the morning. So I will definitely wake up, but I don't have a lot. So like this morning I woke up, I had visitors here and I had like these little butterscotch chips. But I also have eggs. I, but it's just a little bit. I just need that, like, and I'm fine for the rest of the day. But like, you know, I had two eggs over easy on toast today. I don't, I don't do the egg whites anymore. I just, I have carbs, good carbs, but um, I just, I just believe it's everything in moderation. But that's what I found that worked best for me. Years when I was wrestling, I was always on a diet, a no carb diet. I know this diet and I was always tired and I'm way leaner now than I've ever been. Yeah. That's interesting. The, what, you know, and when you're wrestling and being on the road, that probably made a lot of things difficult, right? Just the training and eating because you're always getting into places late or sometimes these areas don't have, uh, just don't have variety or any, anywhere to eat. So were you glad to, to put that chapter behind you or was it something that you missed? Oh, no, I'm glad I put that chapter. I'm glad I had the experience, but I'm definitely, I just always tired. You know, yeah. travel alone is exhausting. Were there nights where just things started getting completely out of hand in the ring? Because the stuff that you were doing was, it, I mean, it was nuts. I mean, you're flipping off of ropes and, you know, you had to have this level of athleticism and resiliency. And, you know, you are, you're in the ring with a partner and you guys are going at it. Were there certain nights where you just like felt like the energy was at a high or you guys were doing things that you've never actually done or was like you, you kind of raised that bar. Are you following what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's, I was there at a crazy time. It was like transitioning from the girl that's in her bikini all the time. which was, uh, to be quite honest, I thought it was way more stressful than having a full on match. Um, and, you know, appealing to that sex appeal and then also trying to show that we were athletes. So a lot of times I would be, you know, wrestling in next to nothing and trying to show that I was an athlete, but it was, it was hard. And, um, the crowd always played a huge part in it. Um, the energy of the crowd makes you feel like you can literally do anything. I can't even tell you how many times, you know, I was never really trained at like a wrestling school. So I was always kind of learning as I went during the shows during the days and uh you know there were times that we wouldn't full out practice something but we'd just be like okay we'll just we'll feel it out there we'll be good out there yeah right. you right. know over the past few years uh wwe has has you know tried to change that perception even more you know changing the divas title just to superstars and you see a lot of social media a lot of the talent pushing for 
uh, the female talent pushing for for equal pay and more money. Was that something that was discussed back then? Uh, was it something that that you ran into? Was there like uh, were you treated unfairly or differently, just in the industry alone or just you know, at WWE? Yeah, I don't. You know, I I I don't really have like a negative feeling <clears throat> for the way that I was treated. I just that was just the way it was at that time. Right. And there definitely were times where I felt really uncomfortable and I hated that I was out there, you know, standing in my bikini and I would see kids, you know, but that was also the whole atmosphere. It was definitely frustrating when, you know, we would work really hard on a match and put together something awesome. And then we were usually like the <clears> first <throat> ones to have our time cut. Yeah. Um, you know, but, I still have a positive experience. So when you went, when you decided to leave and begin a, a different career in fitness, how long did it take to build that? You already had the following, you know, you had, you had a name, you had name recognition, but so what, what, what is the first thing you do? What's the first step? How do you put the plan together? I had so many just head spinning, trying to figure out where to start. Um, I had a, a business partner early on that built an amazing website and we, uh, did all these awesome videos, really well put together, um, great videography, and we weren't making any money because there was no business aspect of it. It was mm -hmm. like you're giving away for free. And then, but it was a lot of learning experience. And um, I ended up deciding to part ways with him for that. And honestly, I was in a pinch. I had put in my, I had gotten myself in a really bad spot and I was just starting to freak out. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I got to start making money and I got to do something. And I, I just felt like I was constantly feeling like I needed to either have an app, like I needed to have someone to help me do all this stuff, like an app developer and, you know, and it can get overwhelming. And so a couple of years ago, I just, I partnered up with someone to help me like sift through the emails and they were like, you know what, you're just gonna, um, we're gonna just start off on IG, do some swipe ups, see if people want some training. And literally I did that at, for January for the new year mm -hmm. and took on a limited amount of people and kept it very simple. There were no videos involved. It was just like a spreadsheet with a diet and a workout and based kind of on where they worked out, whether it was the home or the gym. And uh, I started off that way and I was like, okay, this is how I'm gonna build my credibility and get experience and all of that. And from there, I'll figure out the next step. But it, it wasn't until I finally said, okay, look, it's not going to be a $50 million project, you know, that's going to be amazing right away. You just got to start. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Do you feel uh, pressure uh, to create content? Like, does it ever, do you ever get to the point where you say, shit, I don't, I don't have any ideas. I got to do something. I need to put out something new, uh, but I have nothing. All the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> like a daily stress. And then sometimes I just, I, I kind of go, like, I just got to get away from it all because it's how pathetic if you're in that industry and you sit there and you can't think of one thing. To <laughs> yeah, but I, I think what the problem here is, it's like if you do public speaking and you're sitting there speaking about the same topic over and over. You know, like last year I went in, I gave uh, three times I had to give the same presentation. And by the third time you you're thinking, yeah, no, but the third time I got booed. <laughs> by, by the third time you're thinking like, all right, man, I know this inside out, but it's not about you. It's about yeah. the people watching. And I think that's, that's the problem with social media sometimes is that you'll put out a content, uh, you'll put out a video on the squat. 
mm-hmm. right? And you automatically think in your head, well, I've done the squat already. I'm like, right. yeah, but less than 1% of your followers saw that post. Yeah. And you have to keep reminding people over and over and over. And there's just different ways to gift wrap. I kind of, I don't want to say I gave up, but I think I relaxed in the sense of, yeah, a lot of times I'm putting up, like there are probably 50 squat videos that I have up and 50 pressing videos, but they're always angled a little bit differently. And I'm trying to dial in on like a different teaching point or something different to think about or a different motivational grabber or something to where even someone who's watching it could turn around and say, all right, you know what? I actually seen this, but I've I got some different stuff out of it, and you do a really good job of that. Well, you you did help me out on that. Oh, thank I, you. Taking that advice, but it's still it's kind of like sometimes it, like when you're creative, you just want to keep being creative, and you know. Now I'm really excited to do something right now. You're oh, let's go! Oh, yeah, a tour. We are introducing you. To the world of fun. <laughs> the world of fun. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you a couple questions, off-the-cuff questions. Nothing personal, nothing crazy. So each color will correspond to a different category that Don has written down. We put a lot of thought into these A lot questions. of thought into this. This is a high-end production here. Oh, this is awesome. My old and he's glass. putting his, his, his spectacles on, his Why Magoo not? glasses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brace it. Ready, Tor? Why yeah. don't you spin first? All right. This is a big deal. Blue. What's it mean? We don't have blue. <laughs> make it up. No, I'm just, joking. Just Paul, yeah. Blue is pet peeves. Ah. So, all right, yeah. Fire off. What, what are some things? It could be in the gym. It could just be in day-to-day life. It could be just around the house. What are some things that people do or that you encounter that are just, just irritate the shit out of you? Uh. People that think the whole world revolves around. I can't stand it when you're in a crowded area and someone just stops where they are and like without consideration who's around. Oof. Probably because they're staring at their phone and they, they stop, they do a hard stop and then you bang into it. I did that yesterday. You do that? <laughs> I did that yesterday. Some guy, some guy was so pissed too. He's like, I'm sitting there and I realized that. I was like, man, I'm being a total asshole right now. I'm walking down the street looking at my phone. I was probably emailing you. And you bothered Tori too while you were doing it. Sorry, so Tori. you did it at the same time. Forgive me. All right, so pet peeve. Okay, so that's a very good pet peeve. Next one, ready? Don't hit blue again. Purple. Purple. Okay, purple is pony up. What was your first big purchase when you know when you received a nice little paycheck or you got a little bit of coin or something? Like, what did you go buy? I bought a big screen TV. It was like five grand, and thing was so humongous. Damn. Just to give it away, years later, it was like people come in. Move it. Was it like a real, like one of those old big ones that were like, <laughs> took like four people to pick up? It was like, yeah, I know that. I know that style of TV. I had, a, I actually had, I actually had millwork in my first apartment built around one of those TVs that was legitimately like, if you put it here, it would go from here to the wall. <laughs> yeah. And they built this closet around it. And I was like, it was hidden. And I yeah. used to open it up. Like when I'd have a, when I'd have people over for drinks and I looked like so cool. And out of nowhere, you're like, wow, this is a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if oh. we hit it. Hit it. Uh, red. I still think this is not a flawed system. The, I think this is fantastic. The, We're going to continue. The world of fun. Favorite <laughs> cheat meal? Well, French fries must be involved. <sighs> I love it. What is your cheat meal? I really do like, I don't like cheese, but hamburger and French fries are fantastic. Ice cream is fantastic. A really good pizza. Italian food. Chinese food. Mexican food. 
Should I keep going on? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> no, I listen, I'm not I'm not gonna be one of these guys who are like, no, I eat beautifully all the time. No, no, the hell with that. Like well, you I have to you have, you you know, know, when I went yes, no, I, I mean ninety nine percent of my week is great, but when I go to eat something, it's like I'm pumped. Well, plus, you've also built up that uh, the like. I deserve it. Earlier. Yeah, you've also <laughs> built up that ability to be able to to take it in and then not have it be a huge effect on. Did you, you hear what I just said? I said I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve. It. I actually I hate that. I hate saying something's a cheat meal. Yeah. Because I eat like that more than. It's just moderation. <laughs> it's knowing what your goals are. If someone's, I mean, Tori, you, I mean, you're, she's kind of an anomaly. I mean, she's, but, but you are someone who can eat, you can dab and touch those things a little bit, but you never really go over. I feel like you never go overboard in that area though. No. And then you kind of like even it out with like healthier stuff. I get, I don't go crazy. So your digital platform now, if someone wants to go purchase one of your programs, can you explain that to us a little bit? Like what are you exactly offering? And so the Fitensity programs uh, on Fitensity.com are uh, like, it'll, basically you take this test, whether you're a man or a woman, and we kind of get to the basis of eight. I have eight different programs based on kind of what someone's goal is. And then I touch upon uh, like mindset, having the mind of a champion, working out, like, you know, not making excuses. I give an outline of like a diet that's not a diet, you know, like the 40, 30, 30 kind of rule. Yeah. And um, I talk about some of my favorite foods and supplements. And then I give a breakdown of a month's work of work of months work worth of workouts. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, summer home versions and gym versions. I try to keep it. I'm trying to keep it. So it's not like, you have to do everything. I mean, the workouts are definitely laid out, but I don't say this is what you have to eat every day because I'm trying to teach people to just trust themselves a little bit. It's really moderation. I mean, if you could really cut back and, you know, not go. I mean, the big problem that I used to have was when I would go eat or I knew it was time to eat, I would completely overgorge my myself. Yeah. I mean, God, even with booze when I was in college, I'm like, oh, God, I haven't drank in two months if I'm going to drink we're going to put them back. And I just, my whole mindset on that has completely changed. Like I used to have to, like, I'd sit like I eat like a gallon of ice cream if I was to sit and have ice cream and then feel like crap. And finally it got to the point where I was like, this isn't worth it. Like I'm, I'm enjoying something in the moment, but then I'm taking a day or two to actually feel better from this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And then I found when I started allowing myself here and there to have those things, but I wasn't doing it at a level that was like gluttony or like completely overgorging my, myself my mind first off i feel like there was just a quality of life that improved but i I, but my body did it it has been looking better even going into 42 now and i'm not you know when i'm not eating like absolutely perfect every single day just having that flexibility i think it does relax you a little bit doesn't it tori doesn't keep that stress on you yeah i just feel like you know it's like anything when you know you can't have as soon as someone says you can't have something you want it right understanding that you can have something kind of makes you not want to have it as much give us some information where can our viewers find you if they want to contact and i suggest i know the program that she put out it's pretty damn good uh can you let us know where where we can fittensity.com is where my program is at um and then of course my id tori wilson twitter and facebook tori 11 well this is do you have any more questions no okay this This is is episode can we get a can we get a number on this? Like, what is it? What are we at? Four. Are we almost? 
thousand. Almost at a thousand. I think we're yeah. about getting yeah. close. Yeah. We're probably at like 50, 60. I bet we're at 60. Yeah. Maybe 70. Yeah, it's it's going strong. Yeah, we we we're, uh, we've gotten better. We used to be really shitty. Now we're just like God, we're terrible. Shitty. Now we're like mediocre. Yeah, now we're just, we're getting to the mediocre stage. Which is nice. <laughs> All um, right. Well, th this is Eras. This is at Eras at Don Saladino at Eras. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us at reps at, at muscleandfitness.com. Tori Wilson, the lovely, the smart, the incredible. Very happy to have you on today. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, Tori. Love you, hon. Talk See to ya. you. Say my best.